tonight I am coming to you from a location that is much more familiar and is a place where I really feel at home because I have, because of the sheer amount of time I have spent here. I am broadcasting from my laundry room tonight. (laughs) So sadly, the carport studio is uh, not condemned, but is, um, I am prohibited from entering at this current moment in time because we have a little bit of an asbestos situation in progress. Um, to make a long story very short, we bought a really old house. Well, it's not that it's not really old. It's just, it's 40 years old, 42. Well, it's 42 years old now. And, um, 1977 was a good year for a lot of things, but unfortunately it was also a year during which lead paint was still being sold and linoleum that contained asbestos. So we discovered a couple weeks ago that there is um, a water leak under the house, under the carport office. And before the company that's going to fix the water damage can do what they need to do, they had to make sure that there were no hazardous materials in the way. And unfortunately, we definitely failed our asbestos test. So we got to spend um, Thursday watching a crew or hearing a crew, I guess. We weren't watching because they were they had it all like taped off hazmat style. But we got to hear from the other side of the wall um, all the work being done in there. So... Currently, it is empty, no more asbestos linoleum. They ripped up all the subfloor, not the subfloor, the subfloor is still there. They ripped up all the whatever, and um, on Monday, we will have another company coming out to do some, probably what is going, I really have no idea what to expect. It's probably going to be extensive. So, I made myself a little home in my laundry room, which is actually, it is actually one of my favorite rooms in the house. I know that sounds like completely gross and middle-aged stay-at-home mom cliched, but hear me out. Um, If you have to do laundry, right, (laughs) or meal plan, buy groceries, all of that stuff, if you have to do those things, isn't life just better and easier when you have a functional space? It is, right? So one of the things that was on our list when we decided to buy this house, um, when we decided to move in the first place, we had number one was we wanted space, a little, just a little bit of land. And I've told y'all a little bit about that. But my number two was that I didn't want a big house. I just wanted a functional house. And so our, our house is only about 2000 square feet, but it is super functional in so many ways. And the number one way being that the only door, the door, well, not the only door because there's the front door, but the, the only door that makes sense to bring groceries in through is like two steps from the utility room, which has the laundry. It's got my washer dryer and it had room enough for our deep freezer and it has an awesome huge pantry and it has one whole wall, which is the wall I'm sitting looking at right now. It has a window, which I also love because who wants to be in a cave while they're doing laundry? So it has a window to the backyard and on either side of the window are built-in shelves from floor to ceiling. And then right under the window is the cutest little built-in desk, which um, 
I'm pretty sure the um, original owner of the house, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing her sewing machine on this little desk. So it's like a little sewing desk. And it's got a it's got a little lamp that she left me with a rooster on it. It's so cute. So we have our kids' um, school computer set up on this little desk here, and so I was able to move the junk pile, <laughs> the school junk pile, aside just enough to set up my laptop. And I've got my microphone hanging off of the shelf, and so I'm good to go. I should be good to go until the duration of the water mitigation project is over. So that was all information that you didn't need, but, um, I gave it to you anyway. So that was free, <laughs> free, free extra information, TMI, too much information about where I'm sitting. So I, um, had this, the thought came to me of what to talk about in today's podcast just randomly. I, um, it didn't really like no, no big, didn't have any like big memory jogging event. I just was thinking about, um, I was just thinking about like days gone by, I think is really what came, came to mind or, um, the typical sort of, I, I mentioned in the last episode, like I've got a, a, a child who is on the cusp of, you know, being a teenager. She's a tween ager right now. She has started informing me that she would like me to tell people when they ask how old she is, they want, she wants me to tell people that she's almost 12. So she's almost 12. Birthday is next month. And so, you know, it's got me thinking about all the time that has passed and how like now I'm an old mom instead of being a young mom, because now I have older kids instead of having younger kids. But I still have a lot of friends who have, well, I wouldn't say a lot. I have several friends who, um, have younger kids. And so it's fun to be around their kids and try and remember what my life was like, you know, when my kids were little. And so lots of good times, um, come to mind, but there was also things that, um, thankfully I don't have, I don't really feel like I have regret I can't really think of too many things that I can legitimately say I regret this or that or not doing this or that. There's, there's very few things. So I'm, I feel like I've really dodged a bullet with my personality that I don't dwell on the past. It's a very useful thing about my personality. It's also, um, can make me kind of like, um, not pay attention to stuff that would be important though. So that's the bad side. So I don't dwell someone trying to come in here? Hello? Anyone? Oh gosh, that was scary. Olive, can you please stop? That's gross. Shh. Sorry, my dog insisted on following me in here. And this is where her kennel is, where she sleeps at night. And when she's, where she stays when we're on. And so she insisted on following me in here, but now she's being, now she's being annoying, like grooming herself in my ear. Um, anyway, I was, I was, uh, What's the word? What is the word? I mean, now I can hear people talking in the background. My kids are not asleep yet. This is probably a terrible idea to try and record a podcast while they're not asleep. I don't dwell on the past. That's what I am blabbering on about. So I don't dwell on the past, but sometimes I think back, you know, just reflecting, thinking, remembering. Hello. Can I help you? Um, is it time for bed now? 
Hey, what's up? Good. You want to come talk in the microphone for a second? Okay. Okay. Come closer. Come stand close to me. Okay. See that line there? Yeah. That's us talking. You see it? Mm-hmm. Okay, how old are you? Six. And what's your little nickname that we call you? M6. Yeah, we call you M6, don't we? So, what were you guys watching upstairs? Um, we're watching Green Acres. Oh, yeah? What's happening in this episode? Um, Stop, Olive. We were watching one where it's like Mr. Haney, mm-hmm. and he like... He, um, he sells stuff. He goes around and, like, gives stuff to people. Mm-hmm. And he made up these, like, wa- this, um, a weird washing machine that doesn't work. Uh-huh. And. Is he a crook? Is he, like, a shyster? No. And guess what? What? The one got a, a washing machine. The first fairy one that he made. And guess What? What? You know, um, Arnold? Yeah. Inside of the, well, they bought a, a washing machine, mm-hmm. and guess what? What? They, they did it, they did it, and it, like, exploded, and their house got, like, tear down, <laughs> and then, and then they went to, like, a meeting thing, mm-hmm. and then, like, soon it was over. Wow. So, um, it is bedtime. It's actually after bedtime. We're letting, I let you stay up later. So, why don't you go ahead and go get all ready for bed, and then I'll come up and say goodnight, okay? Should I tell the sisters, too? Yeah, tell the sisters, for sure. But be quiet so you don't wake up anybody that might be sleeping. Well, there's only one I know. Don't say it. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, that was my youngest, obviously. Um, we have a special guest with us this weekend, and our special guest is already asleep, so I'm making sure that nobody wakes up our guest. Um, okay, obviously, they are watching Green Acres. Someday, I plan to do uh, an episode and tell you um, all of the weird stuff that my kids watch. <laughs> also, my dog is being super annoying. She is standing under the desk. Licking the air vent because dachshunds are compulsive lickers and also because she's convinced that critters live in all of our air vents because one time we had a critter that lived in an air vent like three years ago. So please just excuse her rude behavior if you hear her huffing and puffing and licking and scratching and whatever in the background. Okay. All of this to say 11 minutes. (laughs) 11 minutes later, I'm finally getting around to saying what I was going to say. So once upon a time, I was a young mom with young kids. And I'm pretty sure that at this point in time, my young kids were like five and three and a newborn or possibly not even, possibly not even born yet. Like the youngest was not even born yet. So there's a possibility that they were like four, two and in utero or... So, but that's, that's the guesstimate. I'm going to hazard the guess that, that that's how old they were. So this was a number of years ago, six to seven years ago. And, um, I was 
not new, but I wouldn't call myself a seasoned stay-at-home mom yet. Now I feel like I definitely am because I've been home longer than I was ever in the workforce. But um, I was like two-ish, two or three years into staying home. And I was kind of in that phase where like when your kids are little and you're home with them all the time, little stuff really starts to get to you because your world becomes very small, you know, like, especially if you worked before, which I would hazard to say, but basically everyone before they have kids works in some capacity. I mean, unless you have your first baby when you're like a teenager and you start staying home. Um, so my world went from being like, you know, adult conversation, uh, being out there, all that kind of stuff too. All of a sudden I was at home a lot. My husband was working long hours because we were down to, you know, we were living on one income. So it was really important that he be a good employee, keep his job and all that kind of stuff. And, um, he's just that way anyway. Um, and then, um, you know, like burnout basically is what started to set in. So, um, unfortunately one of the ways that I dealt with my frustration sometimes was to yell at my kids and, Um, it didn't, like, I didn't really mean to do it. I didn't really think too much about it. I didn't like, also one good thing about my personality, I don't really, um, like devolve into self-loathing or guilt or anything like that very easily. Like I have to really realize how, you know, like when I've messed up, it really has to hit me hard before I get to the point to where I'm like, really getting down on myself. I just typically am like kind of okay with whatever I'm doing, (laughs) which is not necessarily a good thing. It can be a good thing. Like it can be a good thing when you're like, you know, dancing or, um, karaoke, uh, anything, you know, for a crowd of people for entertainment value, maybe this, for example, podcasting, I don't know. So, um, it can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. So, I don't know if I would have told you at the time that like, yeah, you know, I, sometimes I yell at my kids and, you know, I feel bad about it. Like I, I really, I really want to stop, you know, I don't, I don't know if I put a lot of thought into it until my best friend told me about, I think she had heard about or read about or something. Please get in your house. You are being such a pest. Get in there. Now lay down, be quiet. So this would, this was back, like I said, six or seven years ago at the, no, seven, let's see. Yeah. Six or seven years ago. Um, we were at the time. Okay. My best friend became my best friend after she was like literally my lifesaver. When I went back to work, I, um, I had a place reserved for my baby. She's who was my oldest. I had a place reserved for her at a church daycare and I felt okay about it. But like every time I would go, every time I would go there to like drop off paperwork, you know, or, um, just getting ready in the time, like from when we picked it out and filled out an application and all that kind of stuff. And then when I was on maternity leave, I went up there a couple of times. Um, Every time I went up there, it was like, okay, it's clean. It's nice. It seems safe or whatever. But it was like, I just, I don't know. There was something about it. I just was not completely sold on. 
Um, it was going to be kind of a hassle of a drive for me to get to there and then to work, but it was between, it was halfway between where I worked or where I lived and where my husband worked. So we were thinking, you know, maybe he could do drop off and I could do pickup. I don't know. Anyway, I just wasn't completely sold on it. So I was telling my friend Jess, like, oh, I just am dreading this so much going back to work. I just, you know, I don't know how this daycare thing is going to work out. And she was like, you know, I have a friend at church who like, I think she would, she would, you know, she stays home. I, she might want to take on keeping a baby. Like, do you want me to ask her? Do you want me to give her her phone number? And I was like, yes, please. If you, if she's your friend, like she's already, she's already passed the test. (laughs) maybe that is not a good method for vetting people, um, that are going to be your kid's primary caregiver, but that was the method I used. So she gave me Karen's phone number. I called her. I think I had, I was down to the wire. I was going back to work like the next week. And she said, okay, well, um, why don't you come and meet me and my husband today or tomorrow? And, and, um, see what you think, but I'm actually going to be gone next week. And so I won't be able to start until the next week. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I can figure something out. Like I can get my mom to come up and say, or whatever. So I went, um, we went, I should say, Chris and I both went and we met her, met her husband was there. The reason she wanted us to meet her husband is because he was working third shift at the time. Um, he's a police officer. And so he was going to be home a lot. And so she was like, you know, you should know him too. Cause he'll be around your kid. And so, I mean, from like the get go, I was like, yes, this is what I want. Like, I just want you to take her and just like, just, you know, whatever you're doing with your kid. Cause she had her, her oldest was I think 18 months at the time. My math is correct. Yeah. About 18 months old. And she was just the cutest little thing. Very well behaved, you know, their apartment was needed to pin. Like it was just, it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted it to feel like where I was leaving my kid every day. And conveniently it was on my way to work. So I could be the one to drop her off and I could be the one to pick her up. And that was really important to me because I just, I just really wanted to be the one doing that. So get in your house, stop pacing around. I'm stressed. So anyway, long story short, Karen kept my oldest, um, from the time that I went back to work when she was nine weeks old and then all the way through the end of that school year. So that was like January to May. And then, um, the whole next school year, because I had to work another year before we could swing it financially for me to start staying home. So by the end of my, by the end of that school year, you know, she had been keeping her for a year and a half. And at the end of it, I was like, Okay. So, so basically every day, let me just back up for another second because it really was the most awesome. Like I I wish, I wish everybody could have this kind of a setup for their kid. So she, um, at some point they moved, um, they were living in an apartment when she first started keeping her, but then they moved to a house, but it was really nearby. It was like a mile away. So it was basically this, you know, it didn't change anything too much, but, um, when they moved, she was like, you know what, just, um, why don't you just, I'll give you a key to my house. And, you know, um, I've just been putting her back to bed. Like whenever you drop her off with me, I've just been putting her back to bed because we're all kind of still sleeping. Like she would get up and wait for me in the living room. And then I would, you know, give her my baby and I'd be like, see you after school. And she had just been putting her back down to sleep. 
because um, everybody else was still sleeping. So she's like, how about I just give you a key and then, you know, I'll have her crib in the same room. So she had a crib for her at her house that was in her daughter's room. She's like, you can just come in and then you can just pop her in the crib and like, then, you know, she can get another hour of sleep. And, um, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) So that was the kind of setup we had. So I would just get there. I would let myself in. I'd go put my baby back to bed in her bed at their house. And then I'd leave, lock the door on the way out, go to school She'd send me pictures sometimes during the day of whatever they were up to. And then after school, I would come and I would just basically plop down on her couch. And I was there usually at least an hour, if not longer. Uh, And then at some point, eventually we started having like a once a week Bible study. And we would have it at um, their house because they had the most kids. So we would put all the babies to bed. And then I actually started on those nights... Um, the first couple of times we didn't do it, but then eventually she was like, you know, um, you're just going to be like waking her up to take her home, to put her to bed, to wake her up early, to bring her back here, to put her back to bed. Why don't you just like let her go to bed here? And then she can just like be here in the morning. And the first time I felt like the worst mom on the planet. I was like, I cannot believe I just left my baby for a sleepover. Like she's a baby, but you know what? It was, it was, it was such a good point. Like she is totally the problem solver in our relationship. I cannot figure stuff out like that. It never would have occurred to me. Literally. It just never would have not because I thought it was a bad idea. I just never would have had that kind of an idea. Um, like, yeah, duh. It doesn't make any sense to wake my baby up at 10 o'clock at night, take her home, put her back anyway. So it was, a great setup. And of course, over the year and a half, um, that she was my baby's daytime mom, we became friends. So as soon as I started staying home, like on my last day of school, the last time I ever went to pick her up after school, I was like, so like, I can still come over, right? Because it had become such a daily, just, I mean, such a normal thing. And she's like, duh. (laughs) So pretty much from that point, from, from then for like, I would say a solid, I don't know, like pretty much until we had school age kids and we were both homeschooling and really decided like, okay, it's time for us to really buckle down and homeschool. So that's like at least three years, three or four years. I was over there mm, at least three times a week just sitting on the couch, holding the couch down like I had done for that whole year and a half, um, that she was my, uh, baby's daytime mom. So she was, her house was the fun place to go. Like I was not, I was not great at having young kids really. Like I kept, I was always telling her, I cannot wait until these kids are teenagers. Like then I will totally be in my element. Like I can handle teenagers. I know what to do. Like middle school on, I am set. But like she was the one who was super good at little kids and even like lots of little kids together. No problem for her. Me, total panic attack. But for her, she was awesome. So she was always coming up with the fun stuff to do. We we would do, you know, whatever. They would They would always enjoy being over there. And so, you know, in the meantime, I'm, anytime I'm at home, um, it was just really easy to hang out at her house and, but then I would go home. Okay. Eventually I had to go home. So when I would be at home 
and the day would be getting long, you know, and I, granted, I didn't go over there every day. So some days I was at home. Some days I had to go grocery shopping. Some days we had to go to the doctor. Some days, you know, just living our life, but living life with really young kids can be really kind of, uh, demanding and really kind of like frustrating because everything you do, they undo. Like, I know it's a joke at this point, but you've seen the meme of like the mom who is, you know, has her back to the baby and she's like putting clothes in a drawer over here. And the baby behind her is like throwing all the clothes out of the laundry basket. You know, it's like, that's, that's just, that's so life. That is life. So, um, I didn't always handle that kind of stuff very well. And I did find myself slipping into a pattern of where I would yell at the kids. And we're talking about like little kids. It's not like yelling at a teenager, you know, like a teenager is not going to be scarred for life. If you yell at them, they'll just yell, they'll just yell back. It's fine. But little kids, when you yell at them, it's sad because it upsets them. It scares them, you know? And I just, before I even realized it, like I had, I had, I had created this habit of yelling when I was, and it usually started when I was stressed, you know, when the day had been long, when the work I had done was getting undone or, you know, if, um, just whatever the stress of life, I would not always have the patience necessary. And so I turned into a yeller. But like I said, I don't know that I was really dwelling on it. I probably wasn't. I probably didn't want to. I mean, who would want to, right? You wouldn't want to dwell on it and be like, I'm a yeller. I know there's a lady, a side note, I know there's a lady online right now who's kind of a famous-ish, sort of popular-ish mom vlogger, and she's like totally unashamed, like, I'm a yeller, deal with it. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Okay, so don't get me wrong, like... If you're a yeller and you don't have any guilt about it and your family culture and your family vibe does not suffer from your yelling, like I'm not telling you what to do. I am just telling you what my thing that I went through was. Okay. So I went over to Karen's house one day, normal type of go, go hold her couch down for a while, let my kids destroy her house for a while, um, type of day. And she was like, okay, I have an idea We're I have something we're going to do. And I'm like, okay, what? You know, like I said, she is the problem solver in our equation. She is usually the one coming up with the fun ideas. I'm usually the one like, but what about all these things that have to be done? You know, I'm like the checklist person and she's like the planner, like the fun, like let's do the fun. And I'm like, okay, but how, how are we going to do it? You know? So I'm like logistics and she's like, whatever. So she tells me, she proceeds to tell me that she wants to stop yelling at her kids. And first of all, I was like, excuse me, what? You yell at your kids? Like when? Because I feel like I'm here all the time and I don't hear you yet. She's like, well, duh, I'm not going to yell at them in front of you. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, are we even friends? Like, why won't you yell at your kids in front of me? But then I realized like, I'm not yelling at my kids in front of her either. So we were both being secret down low yellers. So she said that she had read this blog entry by a mom of young kids who had, um, oh, by the way, can y'all hear the train? It sounds completely different when you're not on the front side of the house. I'm on the back side of the house and you can still hear it through the window, but it's totally different. This would explain why my bedroom, I moved to the back bedroom instead of being in the front bedroom. 
Anyway, back to the story. Uh, she read a blog by a mom who wanted to stop yelling at her kids. And she came to the conclusion that she knew she was capable of not yelling at them because they had had some home renovations going on at their house. And she realized that she was really putting on her like best mommy act in front of all the workers and not yelling at the kids about stuff she would normally yell at them about. And so she was felt convicted about that. and was like, you know, if I could like be on my best behavior for a stranger, why would I not want to be on my best behavior for my children, you know, or myself or my husband or whatever. So she came up with this idea and she called it the orange rhino. And I actually, I made sure to look it up so I wouldn't say it wrong. So it, you can still, it's still a thing. She like, it became a thing that she's now, um, continued all these years. So she said her thing was back in January of 2012. Okay. So it was at least 2012. It was at least seven years ago that we did this and it's called, um, the orange rhino challenge. And the website is the orange So basically she decided she wanted to try and go 365 days without yelling and she was able to do it. So this was her method and this was what Karen had read about. And she was like getting me, she was like, we're going to do this. And I was like, okay, what, why? Like what? And she's like, because we don't need to yell at our kids. Like it's not necessary, you know? And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like it's not necessary, but if I'm being completely honest, like I feel better sometimes after I yell, like it kind of lets me blow off some steam. And she was like, yeah, but that's bad. And I was like, okay, you're right. (laughs) So, so she totally talked to me into it. She totally roped me into it. So this is what we were going to do. And we patterned it after this lady's orange rhino challenge. Okay. Now the lady was a super overachiever. She was going for 365 days. We were only going to go for 30 days. (laughs) Okay. But basically the way that it worked with the orange rhino was the lady decided, okay, I need a visual cue that will be what reminds me not to yell when I'm tempted. So she decided that she wanted an orange rhino to be that thing, that visual cue. And so she put pictures of orange rhino, rhinos, gracious, can't talk, orange rhinos out where she would be able to see them and be reminded, like, don't yell. So, you know, on the fridge, on the back of the door, maybe on the, in the car somewhere, whatever. She said she even would like sometimes dress her kids in orange to be another, like orange and the orange rhino became her visual cue and reminder. So Karen, not wanting to be a total copycat was like, okay, so we got to come up with something of our own. Like we can't just copy her. I don't know how we came to this conclusion. I really can't remember. Maybe we asked the kids. I really don't know. But we came up with, instead of the orange rhino, we were going to do the blue buffalo. (laughs) So she said, I've got it all planned out. You come back on such and such day and we're going to start this thing off right. We're going to tell the kids we're going to you know, make it official. And we're going to do the blue Buffalo challenge 30 days, no yelling. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, boss. So I came back on the appointed day and what she had done is she had prepared a party, a blue Buffalo party. And 
So obviously everything was blue. There was blue balloons, blue plates, blue napkins, blue cupcakes, blue, just blue everything. And she had printed pictures, coloring pages of a buffalo (laughs) and had blue crayons ready. And so we got all the kids together and I can't remember how many of them there were at that time. They were doing foster care. So they probably had a couple foster kids in the mix. They had a couple of their own kids in the mix. My two in the mix. Either my youngest was a newborn or she was still in utero. So, um, and, and we threw the blue Buffalo party and the blue Buffalo party was our introduction to the kids of the fact that we were going to stop yelling. And so they were like, okay, you know, like they, they were all about some blue cupcakes and some coloring, some blue buffaloes, but you know. I'm not really sure that they were 100% sure that they understood what was going on. But what we told them was that they were allowed to, if mommy started yelling, they were allowed to say one time in their sweetest voice, blue buffalo, (laughs) just as a reminder, but not any more than that. They were not allowed to nag us about it. They were not allowed to, you know be annoying. They could, but one time they could say blue Buffalo if we started to slip because we really wanted help. You know, we really wanted to be successful. So they ate their blue cupcakes. They colored their blue Buffalo pictures. And so then we took their pictures and those were the pictures that we posted up in our own houses. So she had hers and I had my stack that I took home. And so we started the blue Buffalo challenge and we really started like, we really felt like, yes, you know, when the blue Buffalo party was over, we were like, this is going to be good. We're going to do this. You know, the kids are going to be great. They're going to be on board. They're not going to be hateful and make us want to yell. It's going to be awesome. You know, we can do this. And so I kid you not, I leave her house. I've got my blue Buffalo stack of papers in the car. We're headed home before I can even get all the way home. I only live 16 minutes away. Before I could even get all the way home, I had a text message from her that she had already messed up and that she couldn't count today as day one because, see, that was the thing. If you yelled and you messed up, you had to start over. You had to start your count over. Before I could even get all the way home, she had messed up because she had gone to pick up one of her kids. I think he was the youngest at the time, and he had stabbed her in the eye with a stick. (laughs) And so she yelled at him. And she was like, shoot. So, uh, needless to say, that was kind of a buzzkill, but we powered through. So I got home. I put my blue buffaloes up. I had one on the fridge for sure. I can remember I had one on the door going down to the car. I had one on the back of the front door, which would be closed so I could see it from the living room. And we started the challenge. And I, I probably should have clarified a little bit earlier. When I'm talking about yelling, I don't mean like this, like, kids, get your shoes on. It's time to go. Okay. I'm not talking about voice projection. I'm not talking about being loud enough to be heard from a distance away. Okay. I'm not necessarily even talking about things like, Hey, knock it off, you know, or like, get off your brother, whatever. I don't mean being stern or like being, you know, loud enough that you can be heard. I'm talking about the kind of yelling I'm talking about that we wanted to stop doing was the stuff like 
where maybe you start scolding, you know, what are you doing? And then it goes into, what are you thinking? You know, it's like, it's that next level. You know what I mean? Like, okay, a four-year-old does not think through what they're doing before they do it. They don't. They don't sit down and go, hmm, cause and effect, you know, consequences. Like, what will happen if I dunk my baby doll in the toilet? Like, hmm, you know, is mom going to like this or not? Obviously, they don't do that. And so what was happening was things were happening that were stressing me out or frustrating me or whatever. And then I would just like yell crazy, like be crazy. You know, what were you thinking? You know better. That was my, that was the one I really would say a lot. You know better. And you should know better than to come in here. I heard your dad telling you not to come in here. Get out. I'll be there to tuck you in in just a few minutes. Close the door. Close the door. Go away. Thank you. Bye. So, um, that was a child, clearly. That was the one that I found myself really doing a lot is this like really nasty toned, like, you know better. And honestly, they just, they didn't know better. They were four and two or five and three, however old they were. Let's see. I should do some math. 2012, I had a Okay. Yeah. They were like five and three. So they just didn't know better, but you know who did know better? I knew better. And it was a bad habit that I had let myself slip into. So Karen's brilliant idea based off of the brilliant idea of the lady who came up with the orange rhino, but Karen's take on it, the blue Buffalo and making it for only 30 days and having the blue Buffalo party, like all of those things got us started on the right foot and believe it or not, it didn't, it didn't even take 30 days. It really didn't. It did not take that long for me to work myself back out of the bad habit. And I only remember one time that the kids were like, blue buffalo. And I just remembered the feeling. Oh, it felt so terrible for them to say that. Like, ugh, ew. You know, I don't ever want them to nag me about this again. Like if for no reason other than that. So I am to this day, like from then to now has been another several years, five-ish years. And I can probably count on one hand the number of times that I have. And now we, in the, in the short term time after we did the challenge, we would call it blue buffaloing and we would confess to each other. Like if we messed up and we blue buffaloed, I can really only think of a handful of times that I have blue buffaloed since then. And to the point to where my youngest child has never been yelled at like my other two had been yelled at when they were little. And one, the, one of those handfuls of times, the reason it sticks out in my memory that I blew buffaloed is because it scared her so bad. (laughs) She looked at me like she immediately, she burst into tears. She had no idea what was going on. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the proof that like, I have really, this is, this really worked because her whole life, she's never heard me do this. Like this is the first time she's heard me really lose it, you know? So I, this came to mind just because thinking about days gone by and like now years gone by and there are very few things that I feel like, um, 
you know, like if you have a personality flaw, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to come over a personality, to, to overcome a personality flaw. Right. And so I don't know if I've made a lot of progress in any of my areas of weaknesses. I hope I have. There's a couple of really like pet items that I've really tried to work on, especially in the last several years, like being in my thirties, you know, um, but this is probably the one thing that out of all the years of parenting that I feel like, like, I feel really proud about it. I do. I'm just going to say it. I just feel really proud, which is the total, not the goal. <laughs> it's really not the goal. The goal is to be humbled about the fact that like, yeah, you see all my kids. So, um, I should not feel proud about it. I should feel humbled about it. But if I'm being honest, I feel proud about it. And so, um, it's, one of the things that I've been having to keep like reminding myself of as this child of mine gets into these teenage years, this is like, I really, I beat that. I, I already beat that. And I don't want blue buffaloing to come back as these teen years start, because we, with three girls, we're going to have a lot of teen years. There's going to be like a dozen years of teen years or something like that. I don't know. I'm not that good at math. Anyway, it feels like it's going to be a lot. So I really, really am dedicated to not letting blue Buffalo come back as a thing at our house. So, um, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what my purpose of telling y'all this was other than to give like major props and shout out to Karen who, challenged me to do something that I don't think I would have really taken the initiative to do on my own. Um, like I said, I wasn't really wallowing about it. I didn't really necessarily think it was that big of a deal, but I can tell you for sure that after the blue Buffalo challenge and after I stopped yelling at them, the handful of times that I messed up in the short term after that, I definitely felt that rush of like, Oh man, I really wish I hadn't done that. And so, um, so I'm just really grateful for the fact that she recognized that that was something that both of us should do for the better of our families. And so, um, if this is something that you struggle with in any capacity, maybe you blue Buffalo at your husband. I don't know. Maybe you blue Buffalo at your dog. I don't really care if you do. Like I, my dog, ugh, she is just, she's a troublemaker. Aren't you? Yes, you are. There she is right there being a troublemaker. But if, if this is something that you have struggled with, I just, um, like hopefully you can hear from me saying it is not impossible to get past it. It can be something that you can bring your kids in on. Like sometimes I think we overcomplicate parenting. Like we think we have to keep it a secret from our kids that like we're parenting them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but just bring them in, bring them in on it, you know, tell them, Hey, I don't really want to yell at you and y'all are acting like turds, but that's, it's still not a good reason for me to yell. So if you want to read how the lady the, the real expert on this whole thing did it. You can go to her website, theorangerhino.com. Um, or you can email me at oddlyadulting, uh, at gmail.com or find me on the Instagram page. I'm probably going to put up a post for this. I'm going to try and find, I know I have a picture 
a blue buffalo picture somewhere. I'm going to try and find one and post it on my Instagram page for this episode. And, um, like, just tell me, what's your experience? Are you a yeller? Was your mom a yeller? Um, you know, did it make you feel weird when you were a kid? Did it turn you into a yeller? I don't know. My mom was not a yeller, so I can't, I can't blame that on her. She did not. When she yelled at us, we laughed at her because it was so ineffective. (laughs) But, and I would say my dad was a yeller. Me and my dad argued a lot when we were, uh, when I was a teenager, but that's because we have really similar personalities. So, um, so I don't really remember, like yelling wasn't really a thing. I don't, I don't know. I came up with yelling on my own. Can't really blame that one on my parents, but, um, just, you know, let me know. What do you think? Is it like, what animal would you pick? Tell me if you were going to do this challenge for yourself, what would you, what would you make your visual cue be? And, you know, what is something that you're proud of that you have overcome in your time as a parent? Or if you're not parenting children, you know, what about like, have you overcome something in the workplace? I mean, gosh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could yell at our coworkers <laughs> and that was socially appropriate? <laughs> um, anyway, I just want to hear from you as usual. I just really enjoy, I really enjoy that interaction and, um, I look forward to it every time. So hit me up on the emails or the Instagrams or the comments or whatever. And before I end this, I would be remiss if I did not mention that I received my second donation this week and I want to give a huge, big shout out and appreciative, say how appreciative I am of the fact that McDonald Product Development LLC, who I happen to know the CEO of this company and um, I'm very excited for the things that they are bringing to the market, but McDonald Product Development LLC threw $10 my way. And they said, Hey there, Lens, you may use my name if you want. Now you've got me thinking that plastic dolls being extracted from fake plants might be an exit strategy and such. Cheers. Cheers right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was able to pay up my, um, website rent, I guess you could call it a month in advance. So we are live for another month and I just, it, it makes me smile so much, um, to think that anybody finds value in me talking into the void. So thank you so much for that donation. And, um, if anybody else out there wants to throw one my way, go for it. You can hit the donate button on the website. It'll take you straight to PayPal and be sure and let me know in the comments if I can use your name, because even if you want to stay anonymous, I am going to thank you on air because that is how much I appreciate it. So if you have made it to the end of this and, uh, hopefully you enjoy it. I mean, a a solid 10 minutes of this has been people interrupting my podcast or me yelling at my dog. So sorry about that. Some of this content was less than stellar, but you know, I'll try and do better for the next one. And if you made it to the end of this, you know what I'm going to say. I love you. And Jesus does too. Bye. Kevin McLeod, winner, winner.